for all the news you need to know. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. And welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. I want to say happy Tuesday to you guys out there. Um, hope that you've had a great day. Oh, I said Tuesday. It's Thursday. <laughs> Tell you guys how much the week has been going for me. It's a Thursday, you guys. Um, hey, the week is almost over. Um, of course, it, I, I made it sound like it was just getting started, but the week is almost over, so hopefully you can go out on a productive note, you guys. But I'm excited. Uh, we got a special guest joining um, us this evening over here on YRN 1328 tonight, you guys. We have a special guest, Rodney Jordan, in the building. And he's coming on, you guys, and we're going to talk about why parents should be involved in their child's education. Yeah, I know. Some people are like, hey, this this is a no-brainer. You know, you're supposed to be, but unfortunately, uh, for those of us who have worked in the schools or been mentors or, or, or you know, have helped children um, in the communities, we know that that's not the story uh, that many of us hear from the kids. So tonight we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why it is important for you as a parent to be involved in your child's education from beginning to end. We're going to also talk about later in the show on does the education process stop once your child leaves school. So if your child gets out of school at 2.30 in the afternoon, does the learning process stop there? Or are you using tools at home to teach them as well? So we're going to get into all of that this evening. And we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear your thoughts and your opinions and all of that great stuff. So if you're out there, feel free to call in and chime in. The number is 347-326. 9139 is the number, and make sure you press 1 uh, to jump on here. So we're going to take a little break, you guys. I'm going to come back with our special guest, and we're going to get started on this topic for this evening for you guys. So we'll be right back with more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2. And Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Um, I definitely want to encourage you guys to make sure you download our app. That's our mobile app. It's YRN1328, available on iPhone and Android. And guess what? It's totally free. So go on there, and you will be able to listen to all of the great 
uh, formats and platforms that we offer here of, um, on your radio network, uh, from Conscious Vibes with Brother Ramiel to Conversations with Trent featuring uh, Lisa Tillman Payne um, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. So you got a, a plethora of things to definitely delve into over here on the network. So we're going to jump into this conversation tonight, you guys. We're talking about why parents should be involved in their child's education. And tonight we got special guest Rodney Jordan joining us, you guys. And he's going to come on. He's going to tell you a little bit about himself. And then we're going to jump on into this topic. And as always, I encourage you guys to make sure you uh, call in if you have a question or a comment, or if you just want to listen, that's fine too. The number three four seven three two six nine one three nine is the number. So we're gonna get started here, Rodney. You there? Yes, ma'am. I am here. Can you hear me? Ken, how are you? I am doing great. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. You know, I I thought today, you know, I was I'm doing so fantastic. I thought today was Tuesday, so you know, I'm just like oh, okay. <laughs> You, you're trying to you're trying to take us back in time. You you're trying to do a real throwback Thursday, aren't you? A super throwback, like super. <laughs> they said set your clocks back, but they, uh, an hour, not two days. Right, right. <laughs> absolutely, good. absolutely. So, of course, welcome to the show, and and thank you for joining me this evening. I definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So for the folks out there who may not be familiar with who you are, tell them um, a little bit about yourself. Well, again, my name is Rodney Jordan. I am a fifth and sixth grade STEM teacher, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math, um, Mm -hmm. in the city of Manassas, Virginia, which is a suburb of Washington, D.C., I am also the co-host of the Butterfly Evolution Show, which airs on Blog Talk Radio um, each and every Monday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time. I am also uh, the author of two books, Tired of Being Black and From the Heart of a Teacher. Um, I wrote those books uh, just to get my my thoughts uh, and opinions down uh, down Mm -hmm. on paper. and to also offer people uh, solutions and, and give people ideas. Um, I'm a person who uh, does not shy away from controversy, yet I like to take it uh, head on uh, because I believe um, I have fresh perspectives on, on different uh, issues, uh, education being one of them. Uh, it is my passion. This is my ninth year teaching. Um, I've taught <laughs> I've taught a lot of different things uh, in, in such a, a short period of time. Um, I've taught uh, fourth grade, sixth grade, and eighth grade. Um, I've also done second and fourth grade intervention. Um, And I've taught everything except science. Um, I taught eighth grade math up in New York City in Harlem. Um, I've also uh, received a number of nominations uh, for teaching awards. Um, My second and third year um, as a teacher in Manassas City, I was voted the most outstanding uh, teacher uh, in the entire city uh, my second and third year. Um, And uh, I'm originally from Norfolk, Virginia, and I use uh, my background to to aid me in my teaching practice. Um, I used to be that kid that no teacher wanted me in their class, and now it seems like I'm that teacher that all the kids are trying to be in mind. So um, I, I, I try to take my I try to take my experiences um, 
and and use them in the classroom. Um, I like being uh, that person who, um, when I was growing up, I thought teachers were invisible. Um, I didn't know where teachers came from. I really thought that they just fell out of, like they just fell out of uh, out of the sky, um, and they were yeah. like these perfect invisible people uh, from God that came to that came to school uh, to teach, and they went back to heaven at the end of the day. Believe it or not, like I I really believe that, <laughs> um, and so um, you know I don't want my uh, students. Uh, having that impression of me. So, um, you know, I try to give them as much personal information about me as I can. Um, Obviously, I can't tell them everything, but I I do share a lot with them. And um, they they love to hear about about their teachers. Uh, So um, I try to build a relationship with them uh, and their families because I believe that is one of the most important uh, things Mm -hmm. in education. You have to have that Absolutely. relationship between the teacher, the student, and their family. So, uh, again, I'm grateful to be on your show. Um, and believe it or not, the first three chapters of my book, From the Heart of a Teacher, are actually about uh, parenting. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the great things that I love to hear you say about developing that relationship between um, the students and their parents is because nowadays, and I'm not speaking for 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 all teachers, but it seems that as though um, uh, you know, for some teachers, they 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 try to get out the door quicker than the students do. By the time the bell rings, you know, and so when I was in school, you had teachers who, you know, they would stay after school, they were giving extra help, they were having parent-teacher conferences, all this and that and the third. Um, and so why for you did you have you discovered that, that importance of not only developing a relationship with the kids but also with their family? Well, what, I'm, what I've learned is that um, you can get a whole lot more out of a child when they know that um, you care about them um, right. as, as, a, as a person, as an individual, as a human being. Right. Uh, when you show interest in things outside of the subject that you are teaching, um, it opens a, a door um, for the kid to um, become relaxed and start to see themselves um, in their classroom. Um, a lot of kids um, have uh, so many distractions outside of school, and the last thing on their mind is doing your homework or studying mm-hmm. for your tests. And so, um, when they when when they start to know that you care about um, other things that you know, um, instead of just you know math or science, uh, those kids start to to give you everything that they have, and and kids start to do things that they didn't even know that they could do, and then. Uh, right. You know, when you build those relationships uh, with with their families, um, you know, the families start to feel comfortable. They start to get more involved because they know that you are invested in the, in their child. And, you know, and I saw a quote one time, and it said, um, kids don't care what you know until they know that you care. And so um, one of the things that I try to do is um, – um, I try to get involved in their lives outside of school. So if they are playing sports, um, you know, I, I have traveled um, hours away uh, to watch them play um, mm-hmm. in different games. I've gone to dance recitals. Um, and so 
you know, even now, uh, kids from my first year, uh, they were in fourth grade, and now they're seniors getting ready to graduate. And believe it or not, because um, I took the time to build those relationships with them and their families, um, I still get birthday cards from them. I still get birthday gifts from them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, their parents will still, like, make me dishes uh, for Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and um, you know, or they'll go somewhere and and they'll think about me, and then you know they'll they'll call and say, hey, you know, we have something for you, and so um, it just it, it just makes a, a big difference. And then there are things that you know they feel like they can talk to me about that they can't necessarily talk to their their, their parents about, or if they are struggling with the subject, you know, I'm usually the first person that they call. So um, mm-hmm. it, it's just very important uh, because you know, a, again, a lot of people are intimidated by teachers, by education, by schools. Um, right. And so it's important that the the school personnel uh, reach out uh, to those families. And then you have a lot of, um, you have a lot of illegal um, parents in, in the United States. And so uh, they want to stay yeah. as far away from the school as possible because they don't want True. anyone to find out that they're illegal. So it's important right. to build those relationships. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and of course, um, of course, the topic tonight we're talking about why parents should be involved in their child's education. And I know, um, seeing some people's thoughts on this, a lot of people are like, okay, this is a no-brainer. Of course, you should be involved. But um, you and I know as well, especially for you, uh, being a teacher and for me, um, I worked in mental health inside of schools for several years. Um, so knowing that a lot of times you have parents who are so far removed from knowing what's going on with their children, you know, that it is not even funny sometimes. And so and, and what happens is a lot of times we know that, and I'm pretty sure you, you've probably experienced this, you, you have a child in your classroom who may not be doing as well. And as mm-hmm. soon as they get that not-so-good grade, here comes mom up to the school, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and she wants to know, <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Why is he failing or why is she not doing this and X, Y, Z? And so why do you think, why do you think that some parents um, or what has been your, you know, your thought process, parents choose to, I guess, only get involved in their children's ed- education in what I like to call the last round, meaning, you know, school's almost over, so now they're trying to pay catch-up to make sure the child, you know, is passed to the next grade, or, you know, why, why does it seem that some parents only get, you know, get ready to get involved at the last minute? <laughs> so I'm gonna so so I think that there are a couple of different factors and I'm gonna start off with the nice ones and then I'm gonna end with the not so nice factors. Let's do it that way. Let's let, let's make people very comfortable and then bam, knock them out the chair. But anyway, <laughs> no, but 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 anyway, I, I think um, one of the factors is the family uh, the family structure has changed um, over the course of. Uh, of time, and so you have um, in a lot of households, you either have even if they're both both parents are living in the household, um, people uh, you know people are working all the time, and usually uh, when the school is open, the parents are working, and so right. um, you know that that creates a, a barrier, um, and then sometimes there may be one parent in the household and then they're trying to work two and three jobs. And so there's no time 
to get to the school. It's not like you know, uh, in the in the early 1900s or you know, midnight, uh, you know, like the 1950s or 60s or whatever, where right, uh, have more uh, fathers out working and you know, moms, you know, staying at home with the kids until they. Uh, we're old enough to, you know, kind of take care of themselves, and then the mom may, you know, go back to work. Um, you see a lot more people uh, working now because the way that our economy is set up, you almost have to work two or three jobs just to live comfortably or, you know, just to pay, your, you know, your basic right. household uh, bills, you know. So I think that that is, that is one factor. Um, I think another factor is, Again, I think that people are intimidated by um, the school system, and you know, and, and so that causes them to stay away. Uh, but the one that I think the most common, um, I think that parents are just lazy, and their priorities are mm-hmm. in the are in the wrong order. Um, because what I what I've seen um, and, and what I've heard other people talk about is. Uh, exactly what you just said. They have no interest until uh, that child comes home with that grade, and then they want to know why, and then it becomes the teacher's fault. The blame is passed on the teacher, and then, um, you know, also, uh, you know, it's like, oh, my my child is not going to graduate, or my child needs this credit for this class. And and so if you can get involved um, at the end of the semester, you can get involved at the beginning of the semester. This should be an ongoing uh, relationship. So I think the last one, the last one is probably the most common. I think that people's priorities are just not in the right place. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you look Mm -hmm. at school and, uh, you know, uh, school might have a 70, 80% free and reduced uh, lunch rate. And, but then you got 80% of the kids in the school with Jordans on. Uh, 80% of the kids in the school have cell phones. And so it's like, mm-hmm. well, 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 wait a minute. Why is it that right. you're walking around with these $200 pair of shoes right. and this $500 cell phone, but right. you're afraid to reduce lunch? Um, Priority. You know, uh, <laughs> Priority. Yeah, so uh, I, think, I think that's a part of it, too. I think, you know, um, I remember when I was in school, um, there were kids who, the day that a new pair of Jordans came out, there were kids who came to school uh, late because they absolutely. I they remember that. To, yes. They had, yes. Yeah, they had to go to the yes. mall and get the Jordans and then be the first ones yes. to wear them to school. Um, yeah. You know, and that was very common. And so, uh, I think people's priorities are just in the wrong place. You know, education is not important anymore. It's not important to. Uh, it's not important to our politicians. It's not important to, um, you know, parents. Um, we we mm-hmm. live in a society where we think that everybody's going to give us everything, and we've pretty much trained kids to believe that, you know what, you don't have to work hard anymore. Things are just going to come right to you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or um, I think another thing is uh, parents don't have any bargaining power. Like, we live in this entitled society, and so it's like, for everything a child does, we've made them believe that they're supposed to get some monetary gift. Or we're supposed to give them money or we're supposed to give them candy. And so eventually, like, there comes a time when you have nothing to offer them. And so the kids are like, well, psh, there's nothing to offer me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going. Like, there's no reward for me going. And so uh, 
you know, th- things are just all screwed up right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that brought back memories of when you were talking about everybody going to get Jordans because I actually remember this one kid, He his mom actually would, would take them, you know, and, and I'm thinking like, your mom would, what? but she would take like a carload of him and his friends to the mm-hmm. mall. Um, I think they would come out like on a Tuesday, and, and so everybody would go and uh, come to school because they had to be, you know, like you said, in line the first day, you know, they come into school late, you know, but at the same time, these were the same kids who, you know, some of them had learning disabilities, you know what I mean? Some of them could not yep. read on the grade level that we were already in. Some of them, you know, were repeating the grade already, you know, so it was like all these different things, and it's like, wow, okay. And so I kind of feel like that way now, Um you know, seeing so many parents invest more in the materialistic, the child, you know, clothes, shoes, phones, versus, you know, but can your can your daughter or son read? You know, can they yeah. can they write? You know, and I think that a lot of us are missing the boat. And what happens is you have parents who come in, they're upset and they're angry because, you know, maybe their child, you know, is failing a class. And it's like, you know, you have to stay on top of those things. Like for me, I grew up with parents who my mom, and it was one of the things I could never figure out, and I always asked my mom, um, I could never understand when I got my report card and I got my good grades, my mom would always write the same comment on the report card. If any time <laughs> you need to contact me, please feel free. And she would put her work number. She would put the house number. And I'm like, but, Mom, I'm getting good grades. She was like, I know, but I just wanted to be so if there's any moment that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, <laughs> they contact me, you know. But but nowadays, like, it, it's hard. It's hard for teachers to try to develop that relationship because I've even talked to teachers who, you know, talk about the struggle of, of trying to even communicate somewhat with some parents because some parents are just, you know, they're just very distant and very disengaged in what's going on. Yeah, uh, that that is true. I mean, and, and we live in such a bandwagon society now that unless it's trending, we want no parts of it, and unfortunately, education is not trending now. If there's mm-hmm. a controversial issue going on in, in in schools, then we'll jump on that. Like when when the police officer uh, manhandled that that girl in oh. South Carolina. Oh, we'll get yeah. on social media and talk about yeah. that. Now we're invested in education. <laughs> Why? Because everybody's right. talking about it. But just uh, just you know, being invested in education. If there's if there's no hot juicy topic, then we have mm-hmm. no interest in it. And right, unfortunately, the kids are the ones who are suffering. Um, I mean, because there's there's a lot going on in schools, and, and so I don't want to jump ahead of you, but there's a lot going on in schools that 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 uh, if if people were involved, they could create mm-hmm. their own juicy hashtags on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Mhm. Mhm. 
absolutely, absolutely agree. And I, I definitely want to talk about that. Um, and, and what I want to do is I want to take a break, and I do want to talk about, um, you know, why is it that we find ourselves getting more involved in, in what you mentioned in, in, in these videos of, of a lot of uh, chaos and madness that goes on with, between schools, um, you know, teachers and students and, and the, the, the law enforcement and the students. So we're going to talk about that, you guys, and more. We're going to take a little break, uh, but we're going to come back with more uh, Rodney Jordan right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show, you guys. Are you looking for something to read that would take you to another place in time? Well, check out T.M. Brown's five-star rated book, Struggles of the Women Folk. This is the story of Georgie. She is a young black girl growing up in the 1940s in a small rural town in Virginia. It is a time of prejudice and poverty. Life is hard for Georgie, and she dreams of better life. She experiences great loss, betrayal, and heartache. She loses friends and family, as well as the love of her life. And still, she remains strong. T.M. Brown's signature writing style is captivating in this emotional and inspiring story that has a gritty dialogue. You will find it difficult to stop reading once you begin. Purchase your copy today on Amazon.com barnesandnoble.com or through her website www.authortmbrown.com again that's www.authortmbrown.com please show your support for this emerging queen sister author White tees, blue jeans, pants hanging down to your knees, ghetto uniforms. Let me ask you a question. What team do you play for? Playing the position of defense all because of the offenses that were done against you. But you see, your willingness to conform to an outfit that signifies a behavior that doesn't belong to you classifies your need to take part in an assembly whose sole purpose by this society has been classified as weak simply because the outfit is not unique. White tees, blue jeans, pants hanging down to your knees. This look gives your teammates a bad name. Stereotypical fashion that is seen on TV. All that's missing is your jersey number, a.k.a. your digits. And seven or more may explain the crucial piece in life that you as a team member have been missing. Because statistics say that one in every three black men will be sent to the state. 59% of brothers will be charged with a drug case. And 29% of black men will be convicted of rape. Let's not even talk about the brothers that go falsely accused. All because of the outfit they subconsciously choose. Y'all might as well put on your county blues. Young men, do me a favor. Please stop being fools. It's hard enough out here in these streets just being you. 
The complexion of your skin makes it hard for you to win. And if you lose, so do we. Because there are already too many brown babies being born and not and not enough whole unit families. And I, I as a mother, I write this piece of the play because you and your life, believe it or not, it matters to me. In ghetto uniforms, they're way too recognizable out here in these streets. Especially when the gang roster say that every young black man just joined the team. White tees, blue jeans, pants hanging down to your knees. Ghetto uniform. Take them off. Please. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. That people was entitled Ghetto Uniforms by poet Floetty Flo Malone, you guys. And you guys can uh, check her out on Twitter um, at Floetty Flo um, as well. And uh, she has an album out of Floetic Tears um, available on SoundCloud and uh, CD Baby as well. So make sure you guys go and check that out as well. And you guys, we are back. We got Rodney Jordan in the building this evening. You guys, we're talking about a very, very um, awesome topic. And um, of course, um, Rodney, you mentioned um, how at times before the break uh, you were mentioning that it's interesting how until certain things take place in school is when you have a good number of parents to get involved in. I wanted to share something with you. I came across this article uh, from childtrends.org. It says students with parents who are involved in their school tend to have fewer behavioral problems and better academic performance. Then it goes to say that they have found uh, that actually parents, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree with this one, parents who actually have um, a higher um, education level themselves are often more involved in the classroom. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think um, I think both of those are true, and the reason why I think that they're true uh, is because if you um, if you know that your mom and or dad are going to be spending a lot of time at your school um, and you mm-hmm. know uh, that they don't play, then you are less likely to uh, find yourself in the principal's office, find yourself in uh, detention or um, or even get poor grades because you know that, you know, your mom or dad is going to be up at that school. And so, Mm-hmm. Um, when your parents are involved, it does it does reduce um, the amount of trouble that you get in, um, and and it does uh, increase your grades. And and not only that, um, when the school uh, administrators know that uh, the parents are involved, or you know they're always volunteering or always at the school, instead of um, being quick to suspend you or being quick to you know, give you um, detention, they will call your parents and mm-hmm, let mm-hmm. your parents discipline you. Um, right, they're more right. likely uh, to do that. So, it, it you know, um, and a lot of times, you know, the kid in those cases would rather deal with the school officials than uh, having to deal with mom and dad. So I, I do think that uh, that is true. And then, um as far as the higher education, um, I will say when I was growing up, uh, when I was living with my mom, uh, 
Um, so there were 16 of us at one point living in a two-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment, and there were wow. six adults. There were six adults um, in our apartment, and um, out of the six adults, um, only one of them had even stepped ever stepped foot on a college campus. And wow. she was only there. Uh, she was only there for a few months. She didn't even like stay a full year. Um, and mm. then uh, only one other adult. No, I'm sorry. Two of them um, actually graduated from college. Uh, college, and then the other three uh, people in the house. So my mom, being one of them, um, had dropped out of had dropped out of school. And so uh, in our house. Um, as long as you didn't have a failing grade, like we didn't get mm-hmm. F's, um, they just went straight down the alphabet. And so an Eve was considered failing. And so as long as you didn't bring Eve in the house, um, you know, everything was okay. And so even though a D is not good either, um, right. you know, it's it's not considered failing. So it was acceptable uh, in our house. And so, um you know, because that lack of education was there, it was, in our house, it was just go to school, um, stay out of trouble, you know, and everything will be okay. And so um, for the most part, you know, uh, that was what everyone did. But I noticed that even then, like out of the 10 kids who were in the house, um, I was the only one, um, and, and I didn't stay there long because um, I, I <laughs> my mom put me out when I was 12, so <laughs> I didn't stay there too long. But um, <laughs> out of the 10 of us who were who were in the house, um, I was the only one to go to college and get a, uh, a degree from a four year uh, from a four year school. Um, wow. But it was the same repeated pattern. Um, um, a lot of the kids, uh, my my brothers, and, uh, sister, and, and cousins. Um, a lot of the kids in our house, like, they, they repeated the same pattern um, as the adults. They uh, mm-hmm. either dropped out of school or, you know, they finished high school and that was it. And um, and so, you know, you, you watch these things repeated, but we have, you know, uh, other relatives who grew up in a house where, you know, mom and dad are there, mom and dad have, you know, degrees and mom and dad have good jobs. And so, um Education was a was like the top priority um, in their house, and like you could always tell that. And so, I mm-hmm. think that is is very common. And I think it's because, you know, when you're educated, the more educated you are, um, I think it's harder to get things over on you. And so, when you when you have those degrees behind your name, you 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 have certain expectations uh, for your children uh, because usually your goal is for your kids to do better than what you did. And so um, that there's a huge difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for, um, at the part of, um, and it also in the article, it discussed the importance of fathers, regardless if fathers live in the home or not, um, they have seen better results in kids who fathers, and mothers, so meaning it is the, if mom and dad have divorced, um, mm-hmm. kids still perform better if they are able to see mom and dad outside. And I think it's outside of those normal times. You know, if you have a set where, okay, I go to my dad's on the weekend or I go to my mom's on the weekend, it would be good for you to see them, you know, surprisingly during the week, you know, seeing mm-hmm. how they're checking up on you, seeing how they're doing and so forth. And so, 
of course, as you mentioned earlier in the show, the, the family structure has changed where you have, you know, mom may be working so many jobs, dad may be working so many jobs that they're not able to get to the school as often. But I will say this. As, as active as people are on social media, you can be active and now email your teach your students, teachers. <laughs> that is <laughs> and very see true. What's going on with your kid, right? Well, and even to add to that, I don't know how it is in every school district, but in our mm-hmm. school district, um, we actually have it. And, and even when I was in New York, uh, we have it at, at the charter school. I taught it up there. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have it where you can uh actually you, you can see your child's grade twenty four seven. You can see um mm-hmm. every assignment that the teacher has given, the due date. You yes. can see what the mm-hmm. child got on it. Um right. all you need is a is a login and a password, uh which they'll give you right at the school. Um and so you don't even have to wait for a report card to come out. Now you can check the grades anytime you want and once you go mm-hmm. ahead and register uh, through our system uh, you actually get an email once a week. Uh, you know, you get a notification. So, um, you know, th- there are just, in this digital age, there are no excuses for not being involved right. in your child's education. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the other things that I want to talk about is is that um, I feel that people, that parents have, need to be involved when it comes to their children's education because, um and I'm pretty sure you know that there are a large number, uh, of, and I'm speaking specifically about African-American students who are being put in certain classrooms um, mm-hmm. because, you know, the teacher is not seeing, you know, they're not, maybe they're not reading, you know, according to the other level or they're not on the same level as the other students. However, uh, so you have a lot of these kids who are put into uh, what they will call, you know, special education classes and so forth, and sometimes that's not necessarily needed. A lot of times those kids actually know what's going mm-hmm. on. They actually know what they're supposed to be doing. They just need yes. a push and they need some encouragement. And so I wanted you to talk to the parents out here about the importance of making sure that your child is not labeled. You know, it's, I think it's different if your child actually does have a learning disability. You know, if they have ADHD or if they if, if they having different things, but to be just put in a classroom just because your child refuses to do their work, I think a lot of parents are, are kind of overlooking that and, and kind of looking the other way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up because uh, that is one of the issues uh, facing um kids today in education mm-hmm. but yeah. but the the flip side to that is probably larger than than what you said and that is mm-hmm. uh kids are not being provided the services that they need right. because the right. parents aren't pushing the issues the parents right. um don't know what what what's going on they don't know mm-hmm. what uh struggles um or strengths their child um has and so um the school doesn't want to take the necessary steps uh, to get the child uh, the the services that they need because it's a, it's a lot of paperwork um, for for the uh, for the teachers for the for the administrators for the counselors. There's there's a lot to it, and so uh, what's happening is kids aren't getting what they need, um, which contradicts what you probably hear on on TV and on the radio all the time, especially now during election, even though 
they haven't said much about education. But um, what happens is, you know, they say, oh, we're here for, for the child or, you know, it's about the child's interest or or what's in the best interest of the child or the child's needs, yet right. that's not what happens in schools. And so um, the way it works in education is, so let's just say take the top percent, the top 10 percent, those would be your, your your labeled gifted and talented kids. So there are services mm-hmm. for those kids. There are programs for those kids. Uh, right. There are a lot of resources for those kids. And then let's take the bottom 10%. Those will be your kids who are either English language learners or uh, your special ed population. So the top 10% get something. The bottom 10% get something. Everybody in between, you are on your own. So if you don't have the work ethic, and let's face it, most kids don't, and you don't have the parental support, you don't have an advocate, you are just lost in the wind. Um, and that's and and that's why they're they're investing so much money into prison, because that's really going to be one of your very few options. Um, Absolutely. And you know, or you know, they are putting you in classes that you should not be in because mm-hmm. it's easy uh, to it's easy to say, well, you know, we at least try to uh, try to provide them some sort of help, but in all actuality. Uh, I hate to tell you, but the kids aren't getting what they need um, in school. If the parents aren't involved, chances are your child is being labeled as something that they are not, and they are just there passing time by until the school can get to a point where they can say it is now time for you to go or you have to pay to stay. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think um, with that, I, I think a lot of parents, and, and as you mentioned a little while ago about asking questions, I think um, a lot of times parents just go with the flow, okay, well, you know, the teacher said they need to be in there. Or, you know, the teacher said that this was the best. And not saying that the teachers aren't giving you the, the great advice, but I don't think there's nothing wrong with asking questions on how this is going to benefit your child. You know, is there a possibility that they're only going to be in this classroom for a year and they can go back into, you know, regular general population, you know, mm-hmm. the following year? And so I think a lot of times, you know, parents just kind of sit back and, you know, they let the school handle it and not realizing the the, the effect, you know, that it has. Because I remember, I remember in school some kids who were put in those classrooms and actually they actually were very smart, but I think mm-hmm. a part of them began to actually melt away, Rodney, because, I mean, you know, back then, they they walked with their class to lunch. They had to sit with that class at lunch, you know. So it was like you were always segregated and kind mm-hmm. of pointed out from everybody else. So I think it kind of weighed on some kids' emotion, and it kind of just made them give up even trying. Yeah, and now special education has become this, this glorified thing. Um, right. And, and so – now it's it, the only way you are in that type of setting uh, that you just described is if you are labeled as intellectually delayed um, or mm-hmm. autistic. Other than that, uh, now there are what are called inclusion classes. So the special the special ed kids, the kids who are identified as special ed, they are in the same classes as the kids who are identified as general education students. Wow. Um, 
they're all they're, they're all in the same classes now. And so uh, what we've been told behind that, uh, the reason behind that is, uh, you know, you don't want to segregate those students. They should be in um, with the with the general population. And and I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm okay with with with, with mainstreaming. But uh, the, the the problem becomes well, now you have you know the general education teacher who's like the primary teacher in the room, um, and they mm-hmm. get uh, the students get support from the special education teacher. But a lot of times special education teachers who are assigned to those rooms are, um, they are taking the back seat and they mm-hmm. are becoming more like a instructional assistants or teacher assistants rather than actually being the child's teacher. Um, so, again, you have a case of, you know, are the child's needs actually being met? Um, I do want to bring up something, though, um, if that's okay with yeah. you while we're Absolutely. So uh, for you parents out there, especially if you have high school school kids, um, be careful uh, when your child is being, uh, when you're you're told that your child is being pulled out of a, out of a particular class, um, regardless of the reason that they give you, um, nine times out of ten, they're pulling your child out of that class um, or making your child repeat the class so that they don't have to take the state test. Um, here in Virginia, uh, in my hometown, Norfolk, Virginia, um, not too long ago, uh, the school district was actually, uh, um, I guess you could say it, they had a whistleblower. Uh, <laughs> uh, people had retired and they, you know, contacted the news and told them what was going on. So what was happening was, um, you know, let's say your child takes algebra. Okay, so at the end mm-hmm. of in ninth grade, at the end of ninth grade year, they're supposed to take the state test for algebra. So what the school district started doing at all the high schools, um, and and it's not just in Norfolk; it's all over the country that people are doing this. Um, what they've done is, so they were letting the kids take the test. They were, you know, going through the right procedure, and mm-hmm. it was leaving them with, like, these low pass rates, like a 40%, 50%. Well, the school wasn't meeting accreditation, um, and, you know, that that impacts your funding. So what schools started doing, instead of bringing in better qualified teachers, instead of, um, you know, addressing the issue with intervention or resources um, or different services, what they did was they started making the kids repeat the classes. So they, the beginning, the first day of the second semester, they go in and they grab your kid and say, hey, come with me, and they take them to a different class. And that is so they don't have to take the SOL at the end of the year. So it's not really to help your child. It's to help the school look better. So then the school, instead of having a 40 or 50% pass rate, the school now has an 80 or 90% pass rate. So your child may have to stay in school longer or, you know, they're still not getting the the services or the support that they need, but the school is trying to stay afloat. So they're telling you, hey, this is in the best interest of your child, but really it's in the best interest of the school or the school district. 
Wow. Wow. So basically schools now have gotten to a point where they're cutting corners at all costs just to have been better standards or to appear to be in better standing uh, when it comes exactly. to, yeah. Okay. Exactly. But but because, and, and, and I'll say this too, um, and, and this is actually something I, I wrote down as uh, advice, and that is uh, you guys should should always talk to your kids about what's going on in school. And okay. and don't think that they're lying all the time. Because sometimes mm-hmm. and probably more times than you realize they're actually telling the truth. So you can you can ask uh understand that people uh play a political role in school, meaning they are going to tell you what you want to hear. Absolutely. Because believe it or not, probably somewhere in the school's policies uh, or regulations, they are not allowed, anybody on the staff, they are not allowed to talk negatively about the school or share certain information. So Mm -hmm. it's really they're they're silencing uh, the staff so that they can't tell you the truth so people have so then people are forced to give you these uh, these political answers. So mm-hmm. understand that just because you ask the teacher for some information, understand that sometimes their hands are tied. And just because you ask the principal uh, a question doesn't mean that they're going to give you the actual answer. Right. Because right. Because they don't, I mean, they're going to play politics. Especially, absolutely. Especially nowadays. I think especially nowadays, and as we mentioned earlier in the show, with social media and all this stuff, people are so quick to, you know, go Facebook Live, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. share stuff, tweet stuff, you know, all this kind of stuff, especially if they hear something going on with a school. And so, and they know the ramifications behind you know, something like that getting out and spreading and coming becoming viral, so, so to speak, you know, about the school. Mm-hmm. Because then somebody has to come in and, and attempt to do some major damage control to make the, the school look good again, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that is that. true. I mean, um, and, and and there are so many things that are going on uh in schools, and, and and the reason why I say that that, that parents need to be involved, um, if if you only knew what was going on in your child's school, you would probably number one uh, apologize to your child for for not being involved in school. Um, mm-hmm. Social promotion is a huge issue in schools. Right. Um, in most states. Kids start taking uh, standardized tests in third grade, and they take them all the way up until graduation. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, you can fail, and reading and math are the only ones that are every year. The other subjects, it just depends on the year. But reading and math every year. Your child can fail every single state test and still be promoted from the wow. time that they're in third grade to eighth grade. They can fail these tests. They're still going to pass them. Uh, you have to, I mean, it is nearly impossible to retain a kid now. Like, teachers and have to, like, And is that because fight, of the um, no child left behind policy that was put in place years ago? 
So it started with No Child Left Behind, uh, and then sadly it turned it. No Child Left Behind became Race to the Top under uh, President Obama, which is okay. still the, it's still the same thing um, as No Child Left Behind. So okay. uh, President under President Obama, they came out with Race to the Top, and it's essentially the same thing. They just changed the name of it. Uh, because what I did not realize until maybe about a year ago uh, is that No Child Left Behind has been was in place long before uh, President Bush. Um, mm-hmm. They just they just keep changing the name, and so now it, it's uh, now it's the every uh, every student uh, succeeds act, but it's all the same thing. They just keep changing the name on you. Uh, now, granted, we probably saw more kids being retained back in the day, mm-hmm. um, but it's still the same. Uh, but uh, now it, it's got worse because these kids, uh, they eventually figure it out that, hey, it doesn't matter. I can fail this test. They're not going to fail me. And so right. the kids right. travel through school like that. But then when they get to high school, it changes. So in high school, at the end of every subject, you know, uh, of the SOL subjects, uh, well, that's our state, state test. At the, end of the, at, at the end of those classes where there's a state test, um, they have to pass the test, and if they don't, they don't get the credit for the class, and if they don't get the credit for the class, they don't graduate. And so you have a lot of kids either dropping out or staying in school um, right. longer than they should be there. And it kind of creates a double standard because you're thinking, okay, all of this time I've been able to, not do nothing, <laughs> you know, and you know, not do, yeah. not not really put any effort towards anything, and then I get to high school, and I'm struggling now, and nobody wants to, you know, give me that boost that I needed. So I think it kind of puts, I, I think it puts kids in a in a different like mental state of like yeah. what's actually going on here, and I don't think people realize that by having a policy where, you know, as you mentioned, you know, regardless of how a child performs, it's nearly impossible for them to fail. Um, I think, I mean, like, what, what what service or what justice are you doing for that kid? You know, what good are you if you're going all the way through school and, but you can't read or, you you know, you, you, you don't know your math and, and all of these great things. So um, I, I think a lot of times we have a lot of things put in place that are actually doing our kids a, a disservice. Mm-hmm. And- when parents are when parents are not involved, though these things happen. And so another suggestion Absolutely. I'm going to give going to give you guys along these same lines, um, you need to go to your city council meetings and you need to go to your school board meetings, especially if you have children, because what happens is when they come up with these slick policies and regulations, um, it's when nobody's watching. They know you're not coming mm-hmm. to the school board meeting, and that's when these things are being passed. And then uh, if you – I would encourage all of you um, to go to uh, your school or school division's website, look at their policies, look at the school board policies, uh, and you'll be shocked uh, what you'll find. Uh, the, the policies are uh, are so vague in a lot of cases because they want to have some wiggle room uh, in case they get sued. Um, but it, it may say on that page, hey, this is done with the uh, uh, the best interest of the kid at heart, but it's really to protect the school. School has become mm-hmm. a business. Now, 
they're mad at uh, people starting charter schools and, you know, saying, that, you know, that they're businesses, but public school um, is a business. Uh, they're, they, they're not going to take that picture for you, but it's a business. Mm-hmm. It, it's a numbers mm-hmm. game. It's all about funding. Absolutely. It, you know, Absolutely. Um, you know and, and, and that's why sports has always been at the top of, mm-hmm. of the priority. Why? Because sports generates money. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, and, you know, and even with social promotion, uh, I would also encourage you guys to 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 look at the grading scale in Memphis, Tennessee. Do you know that a forty-seven percent is considered pass? That means I don't even have to get half of the questions right. Yes, I I've noticed. I've noticed the grading scale has changed because my nephew, uh, we were going over, and I said, "Well, such and such grade." I was like, "That." I was like failing when I was in school, and he was like, "Well, no, yeah. it's actually like considered like a D or C." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" So, yeah, like the, it's amazing how that has changed, um, like mm-hmm. over the years, and I, and that's why I feel like now, you know, we're kind of giving these kids that you only have to do very little. Very little yeah. to pass, very little to to get through these classes, um, and so forth. And so I think, and as you mentioned, you know, the whole thing about it being um, a business, you know, as far as the school, no. If we if we look good and we look like we're excelling, you know, that's more funding for us, more money that we're able to get, and so forth. But my thing, like, what good is you know, what good does it do you to have like a great school and great things in your school if your if your kids are learning nothing? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and, and parents are focused. Parents for we we've been trained to focus on grades instead of focusing on learning. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what happened with the what happened with the grading system was uh, a lot of school districts went to a ten point grading scale because uh they were saying kids were having a hard time getting into college. Well, yes, we want kids to go to college if that is their choice. But why are we uh lowering the standard instead of raising the bar? Well if you if you need a ninety three to get an A because that's what it was when I was in school, I'm not going to mm-hmm. lower it to a 90 so that you can get an A. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to push you to get that 93. Right, but, right. But, you know, in, in Memphis, I mean, you should you should look at their grading scale. A B is a 71 to an 89. So a 71, when I was in school, a 71 was like two points away from failing. But now Absolutely. it's a B. It's a B in Memphis, and so um, wow. If if I were a parent, I'd be pissed because you think about it. Let's say I'm in an area where, uh, let's say you know it's a ten point scale. So let's say you know my child needs it needs an eighty um, to get a B. Okay, so my child gets uh, my child gets an eighty. They have a B, which means. That's a 3.0. A mm-hmm. kid in Memphis, all they have to do is get a 71. That's a B, and they still have a 3.0. So wow, the the, the playing field is not is is not is not even. And so you have kids who are, um, or let's let's say let's say um, let's say my kid has a 71, right? So my kid mm-hmm. in, in in my school system. With a 71, that's a C. Your kid in Memphis has a 71, that's a B. Well, 
Wow. Who's the college going to take first? Your kid, because on their transcript it shows a 3.0 versus a 2.0 for my kid. That's not fair. Wow. And what are we teaching wow. kids by lowering the standards? What are we teaching them? Absolutely, because I'm looking I'm looking at the one for um, North Carolina where I am and um, – Ninety. It's a it's a ten point yeah ten point grading scale is what they've moved mm-hmm. to. So you have a ninety to a hundred is an A. Now a ninety when I was in school um, was a B. Um, mm-hmm. That was Same kind here. of a B level. Um, eighty and eighty to eighty nine is a B. Uh, which that was a C. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know, now in 60 to 69, it's considered a D, and that was definitely an F when I was yes. in school, no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> yes. But, no but doubt we, about it. But we've lowered, you know, we've we, we lowered the standard, um, you know, and, and we, you know, and just, just think, um, if we get kids if we get kids in a habit of thinking, hey, if you choose not to, not that you can't, but if you choose not to or if you don't want to meet the expectations, I'm going to lower them so that you can feel successful. Mm. They're going to take that mentality into every aspect of their life. When they get, when they get, uh, when they get a job, they're going to expect somebody to say, well, you know what, if you can't get here at 8 o'clock, we're going to make it 8.30 for you. That's not realistic. They, mm-hmm. You know, they, they're going to get into a relationship, you know, and it's going to be, well, uh, you know, honey, since since you can't seem to get home by 8 o'clock, why don't you just come in at 12? It's just not realistic. We're we're painting this false picture for them, and that's why Absolutely. the United States is just falling further and further behind. Um, and I'll bring Absolutely. up another issue uh, if that's okay with you. Yes. If if you have a child, if you're listening to this broadcast, and you have a child um, that's a minority, especially if they are black, uh, please go to please go up to the school on a regular basis because um, one of the things that's happening in regards to discipline. Black students are suspended um, four times as much as white students for the same offenses. And that's not a statistic where people are, like, take, taking surveys. This, this stuff is documented. It's documented. And your child, if they're black, let's say they pull the fire alarm. Oh, they're going home for 10 days. White kid pulls a fire alarm, they might get one day of in-school detention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, might mm-hmm. get it. Why? Because they know that white kid, he is suspended for 10 days. Mom and mm-hmm. dad are coming up to that school. And they're going to threaten you. They're going to threaten Sue. And then the administrators, in most cases, are going to back down. Black kid. They're, they are banking on the parents not making a fuss about it. And so mm. they, they, they do whatever they want. When I was mm. in high school, it was the last time I got into a fight. I was in ninth grade, last time I ever got into a fight in my life. I got suspended uh, for 10 days because that was, that was the policy um, mm-hmm. 
where I grew up. Uh, fighting, automatic 10-day suspension with a hearing. Right. It was. And I didn't. My, my 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 parents were the type of parents that, you know, it was like, you know, okay. Like, I got disciplined for getting suspended. That was mm-hmm. what mattered. But do you know my teachers wrote letters yeah. to the principal saying how well I had improved and how far I had come school year? And do you know they, they, they dropped my suspension from 10 days to five? just because people wow. advocated for me. Mm-hmm. And I was guilty. And the principal <laughs> even told me. The principal the even told me. I was guilty. And the principal, the principal even said, he said, you were not wrong until you walked that boy's way home. He said, what happened in the cafeteria? He said, it was not your fault. He was like, but you should have let us handle it. He said, the way that he goes home, he has to walk out the back door. The way you go home, you walk out the front door. He was like, so the fact that you walked out the back door, you were looking for the fight. Mm. He was like, so I, I, I have to suspend you. He was like, but I'm taking all of these letters into consideration, and so, therefore, I'm going to shorten your suspension. But see, if those teachers had never stepped in, oh, I'd have been gone for 10 days. Absolutely. Absolutely. And see, and, and that's why, and see, we want to say, our society is not fair, and there's no justice. But why are you demanding justice when there's a national outcry? Why aren't you demanding mm-hmm. justice on a daily basis? Why aren't you at the school board meeting finding out what they are doing at your school? How come you didn't know that the teachers had to take a pickup, but then they uh, – bought a uh, a new scoreboard for $100,000. How come you didn't know that? Mm-hmm. How, how come you didn't know that 90% of your child's school is is considered minority, right. but 90% of the staff is white? How come you didn't know that? Mm-hmm. How come you don't, yeah. how come you're not at the school asking questions? Hey, where do you guys go to recruit your teachers? Hey, this is coming up. Hey, have you tried this? Why aren't you sitting in these meetings? Why aren't you asking, hey, I would love to be on the interview panel. Since my child, since all four of my kids have gone through this school or, you know, I still have two kids in this school, can uh, will you consider me uh, to sit on the interview panel when you're interviewing teachers? Mm. Because, believe it or not, they just might let you, especially right. if, there, if there's a panel. Oh, they'll let you because there's no reason for them not to let you unless they have something right. to hide. You can take that right. and make a big stink out of it. Oh, they'll let you. But, see, do we Absolutely. want to be involved? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and one of the, great, the important things, and in, in, as I, I definitely want to bring up, is that I've noticed that um, especially one of the the big things that seem to be in play now is education. This actually is happening at Curry with some of the little leagues in my town is education versus sport. 
And mm-hmm. so now you have a lot of parents who are more involved in the, their child's sports than their education, meaning that your child can be failing, not excelling as well as they should, but as long as they're playing good football, good baseball, good basketball, <laughs> everything is well. And mm-hmm. so that's even started to take place um with some of the little leagues around here in my city is because, uh, you know, some parents felt, you know, because the, the practices and the games were at such um, late times that their kids weren't able to get their homework done. Their kids weren't able to, you know, study for the test that they needed to. And so you had a lot of parents who uh, who actually chose, you know, okay, I'm going to choose my child being involved in this sport or playing this game versus preparing for this test that they may have the next day or preparing, you know, their homework for the next day. So do you think that now, especially that we see sports, um, have has now, in some ways, uh, succeeded. You know, surpassed um, Bulls' focus when it comes to education. Like, are we so caught up when it comes to sports and who's going to be the star athlete that we don't really care if that star athlete, you know, is failing? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, and you know, it, it's. You know, comparing comparing sports to education, it it, it 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 reminds me of people who would rather play the lottery instead of actually going out and getting a job. Like Absolutely. You're you're Fair banking point. on something that's that 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 the odds are not in your favor. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to sports, you're not taking into consideration that as good as your child is, there are thousands of kids across the country that are much better than your kid. Um, and we got to remember this when it, comes to, when it comes to sports. Everything in this country is driven by money. And entertainment brings in the most money in this country. Mm, entertainment. Because we have to be we have to be satisfied emotionally and so mm-hmm. when it comes to entertainment you know if i'm having a bad day all i need is music if i'm having a bad day all i need is comedy if i need if i'm having a bad day all i need is the tv i need to watch my show so like entertainment brings in all this money and so when you think about sports well if my child can throw a football or shoot a basketball, then he doesn't need that much education anyway because right. he's going pro. Mhm, mhm. And and believe it or not, and this is this has been going on for years, and and, and sadly in 2016 it is still happening. Um, schools, even high schools, will protect your child. As Absolutely. long as they are <laughs> uh, putting on a show on Friday night, oh, they, right. yeah. they will they will uh, allow they will know your child is missing classes and won't do anything about it. They'll That's know right. that your child right. is um, sitting in the locker room watching film instead of being in that that uh, that English literature class. They'll know it, Absolutely. but they won't say anything Absolutely. to them. They'll know they'll yep. know that it's your child 
who is causing all this trouble in school. They won't say anything. <laughs> but what they'll do exactly. is senior year when they know that uh, this is the end for your child because academically they don't even qualify for um, a scholarship, you know, uh, what they'll do is, well, season's over now. Now mm-hmm. every little thing that they do their senior year, now they're now they're writing them up, now they're tossing them out. And this has yep. been going on for years. Um, I remember um, when I was work when I was coaching football um, back at my at, at my former high school. Um, I remember uh, hearing about uh, a case involving uh, uh, Steve Spurrier. So, if you, yes. if you played if you played football at the University of Florida when Steve Spurrier was mm-hmm. there, you did not yeah. have to go to class. You <laughs> right. never had to go to right. class. That's right. And so that's right. There was, there was a guy, didn't go to class his first three years. Well, his senior year, Steve Spurrier got the job with the Redskins. So he had to start going to class. He had to, This guy had to quit football and had to spend an extra year in school because that's how far behind he was. Look at uh, mm-hmm. the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Yes. Big university, prestigious university. Look at what happened to them a few years ago where they the, the, the athletes were writing uh, a half page, half page, term paper yeah. and getting A minuses. Rashad McCann, I have no respect for him for what he did. Uh, I think he's a coward. But even he came out and said, I made the dean's list, and I went to class one time. Right. But, and, but see, and, and with that, you know, it's always ironic, you know, to for to to hear stories about people who come out with this because I feel that sometimes people only come out with these stories because their life is not going according to how mm-hmm. they want it to be. Because for mm-hmm. him, you know, he he had, quote, unquote, you know, for his words, been blackballed by the NBA, mm-hmm. you know. And so he felt like he wasn't getting his just due, but maybe because people saw beyond what the people at North, at North Carolina saw. You know what I'm saying? Like they, mm-hmm. they, they, at that school, they knew, okay, we need him on the team. We need him to score these ports point. So we're going to do whatever we need to to make sure that he's at that game and, and so forth. Well, when when it comes to the NBA, the NBA don't care about that. <laughs> the NBA <laughs> care about, you know, your ethics on the court and how you get along with your other teammates and stuff, you mm-hmm. know. And so I feel like some people need um, an escape goat, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of get away from the real issues of what's going on, you know, with mm-hmm. that. Um but I feel like the mentality, you know, going back to high school, it kind of sets kids up for for that college life of where you don't have mm-hmm. to do anything because you're an athlete. Yep. And and then remember at the University of Louisville uh, where that young lady came yeah. out and talked about uh-huh. how she had had sex with all those players. Let, let me tell you something. <laughs> that uh, I'm not – I, I – uh, really believe that it did happen. But it didn't just happen at Louisville on the basketball team. It always happens. Um, right. When 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 you're and I know some people are like, especially the dads, you know, they're probably like, man, he messing things up. Good, I'm going to mess it up tonight. When your child is being recruited uh, 
by a college or colleges, and normally it's more than it's more than just a few. Uh, when your child is being recruited by a college and they are invited uh, for a visit, that mm-hmm. visit includes girls. Just so that you know, that visit includes Pretty girls. Much. Because 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 you are your child is viewed as uh, a dollar sign, not an not not a symbol of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as long as people see you as a dollar sign, they are going to do whatever it takes to get you on their team, to get you on their staff, to 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 get you in their circle. Not because they want you, because they love you, because they think that you know you're you're God's greatest creation. No. There mm-hmm. is something that you can do to help them build their business or expand their brand. That's all they're looking at. I mean, and, and, and then you think about it, uh, the NCAA, they're probably the the next biggest crooks behind the government. <laughs> there is no way, as strict as, strict as the NCAA is with, with their with – their, uh, with their rules about eligibility and and the sliding scale, because your your GPA has to match your SAT score or ACT score. Mm-hmm. As strict mm-hmm. as they are about this, and you gotta go in and take your ID and can't take your phone and gotta sign your name. And as strict as they are with these tests, how is it that they how is it that that they didn't know that these guys uh, didn't take their SATs? How is it that they didn't know that you weren't receiving things? And it's every year. There's a new scandal every year. But if you pay attention to the timing, it's always when that guy no longer is benefiting that school. Oh, they'll they'll let Cam Newton go to Auburn and play there, and then notice Cam Newton senior year when he was on on his way out. Oh, no, we we got something something on Cam Newton. Derrick Rose. Oh, no, he didn't take his SATs. And then they put sanctions on the school that, that impact people that had nothing to do with it. The NCAA knows all the time, but think about what happened at Penn State. They came out and said that they were finding Penn State $65 million. Why? Because that's what Penn State brings in per football season. Mm. People, they only play six home games. They're bringing in $65 million for six home games. Do you think that they were going to say anything to Joe Paterno when he was 50 years old? No. No, they they knew what was going on. They they knew what Sandusky was doing. But it wasn't until Joe Paterno was at the end of the road, and now we're going to come out and do something about it. They knew what was going right. on the whole time. They yep. always know what's going on. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. They just happen to get caught with their pants down. <laughs> right. No fun and they, <laughs> they just can't. They just can't say anything because if you think about it, you think about all of the uh, all of the guys that that came through there that were that that were big shots. Like think about people like Lavar Arrington, that, you know that 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 went to Penn State, and all all of those guys who you know mm-hmm. did so much for college mm-hmm. football. No, we 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 need Cam Newton to play. We need Derrick Rose to play. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. we say something when we first find out. They knew they knew the day that Derrick Rose was supposed to take his SATs, they knew that he didn't take it. But hey, this kid's a star. And see, there's there's money in entertainment. There's no money in education. I can tell you. That's why we don't get paid anything. There's there's no money there. Nobody's nobody's profiting uh financially off of education now. 
education will 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 get you very far in life and you can go out and, and, and earn some money. But as far as education itself, no, there, there's no money there. So nobody cares about education. It okay. it costs it actually costs money to educate kids. That's why if you you know if you go to the meetings, uh, the school board meetings, they'll say we spend a thousand dollars per child in this school district. They'll tell you how much they, how much it costs them. Nobody's saying, hey, for every kid you have in your school district, we're giving you thousands of dollars because if they did, people would be out here. Hey, man, bring your kids to our school. They'd be recruiting. But see, in education, it's the opposite. You got to pay for every child in that school. There's a dollar amount. But when it comes to sports, there's money coming in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, are you going to look at what you're putting out or what you or what you're bringing in? And it's all about a profit. Public schools are just another. It's just another business. Absolutely. You know, they, they, you Absolutely. know, when, when you don't, don't let, don't let, you know, school, these school officials tell you we don't have the money. Yes, they do. They have the money. Ask them what are they spending the money on. They got the money. Just what are they spending it on? Yeah, absolutely. What what absolutely. what programs do they have at the school? What positions do they have at the school? Ask them. And then I'm going to tell you guys something else. Believe it or not, at least I know it's like this in Virginia, and it's probably this way across the country, but mm-hmm. in public service, you can look up how much somebody gets paid. You can you can call out right now and find out how much money I make as a teacher. It's public record. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think that... You know, the thing about it is that some of us tend to lose focus on what really matters and what's really going to benefit um, our kids in the long run. And I think that, you know, you know, parents, you have to demand more from your kids and you have to want your kids to, de- to demand more of themselves, you know, and not get mm-hmm. shortchanged, you know, when it comes to doing things, you know, and, and taking the easy way out and getting, you know, easy ways of, of doing things because we all know that once you become adults, you know, life in general it, it doesn't work out that way. So I think that it's best that we prepare them. We prepare them for what's in store ahead of them and so forth. And so what I want to do is I want to take a, just another short break. I'm going to come back, you guys, and I'm going to have Rodney give the parents some final thoughts on the importance of being involved in their child's education. You guys will be right back with more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. The Beautiful Butterfly Show would like to thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram. That's at Instagram.com forward slash the beautiful butterfly show also on facebook.com forward slash the beautiful butterfly show and last but certainly not least you can also catch up with us on twitter that's at twitter.com forward slash the beautiful butterfly show and thank you once again for tuning in on behalf of the vibration radio network
Have you ever sat down and simply wanted someone to fully understand your life? Someone who wakes up every day and does their best to provide and protect their loved ones the way you do? Someone who has been confused, lost, scared, or just trying to figure out how to balance their life spiritually, physically, emotionally, and financially? If so, Life is Outstanding is the book for you. Anthony promises his readers that you don't have to be perfect to live an outstanding life. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I hope you guys have enjoyed this dialogue this evening on why parents should be involved in their child's education. And we have covered so many bases tonight, you guys. I hope that um, the parents, mentors, educators were able to take away great things uh, from the segment this evening. And so, Rodney, before we get ready to get out of here, um, give the folks out here some final thoughts on the importance of, of being involved in their child's education. Uh, I think the parents have to uh, remember that they are their child's first teachers um, and, and what they teach them at home long before they step foot into uh, pre-K or kindergarten is going to uh, remain uh, within that child. And, and so if the child sees that education is important to their parents, then um, they are going to then, – then it's going to be important to that child. If they see uh, their parents reading, um, then they're going to they're most likely pick that up. Uh, and I think that you guys have to understand, uh, please know that under the United States Constitution, uh, you do not have a right to, a, to, to an education. Please understand that. Um, now, under the 14th Amendment, um, you are granted equal protection under the law, but you do not have um, a, a right to an education under the U.S. Constitution. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, you know, this, this this is something that is not necessarily um, a requirement um, under the U.S. Constitution. Now, the state laws are different, but under the U.S. Constitution, it's not a requirement. Uh, but just some suggestions uh, before I go. Um, number one, uh, check your child's backpack. Um, they should be bringing a backpack home. I see kids without them all the time. I don't know why. But check your child's backpack because usually that's where uh, the important papers, the important information is going to be. Um, like I said before, visit the school's website, visit your division's website, look at those school board policies and look at the, 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 the regulations. Um, go to the, to the meetings, the city council meetings, school board, PTA. Um, volunteer when there are events. Volunteer at the school uh, because you'll talk to other parents or you'll talk to staff members and you'll find out what's really going on. People won't say a lot of things on the on on the record, but they'll tell you a lot of things um, in secret conversations. Um, and, again, understand that people are going to play politics with you and with your child education. So don't be afraid to ask your child, uh, don't be afraid to ask your children uh, questions. And uh, another thing is find out what they're teaching uh, your kids because I know in Fairfax County, which is one of the largest counties um, uh, in, the, in the country um, here in Virginia, um, they uh, passed the uh, – they, they voted last year to include sexuality in the curriculum as early as pre-K. And so kids are learning about um, homosexuality. They're learning about incest, all types of things. 
So just know what they're what they're learning. And uh, last but not least, please check your child's teacher's credentials. If you go to the State Department of Education website, there's usually a link that will take you to a page, and all you have to do is type in their name, and it'll come up. And the reason why I say that is you need to know that the person who's in front of your child is qualified to be there. Um, we had a situation uh, here in Virginia where we had a, a principal who uh, who had no degree. Uh, they claimed that he had, they, they said that he had a master's degree, but how do you have a master's degree without a bachelor's degree? So what he did was he faked, uh, he faked his way uh, uh, up the ladder and eventually became a principal. Uh, and this man had no education. So you just never know. Um, and then, you know, there was also um, at, at one point in time, a man who had been a worldwide uh, pedophile, 30 years teaching kids, and wow. no one knew um, about this man's background. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, just just don't be afraid to find out who your child is with all day because in most cases the kids are with their teachers more than they are with their parents. So if you are not going to take the time to go out to the school and meet your child's teacher and get to know them and form that relationship, you might as well go to the 7-Eleven and leave them with the person outside begging for change. There's no difference. You don't know their teacher and you don't know that person at the 7-Eleven. That's essentially what you're doing. Thank you again for having me on your show. Absolutely, absolutely my pleasure. I definitely had a great time. And once again, tell the folks um, how they can connect with you as far as social media and uh, when the Butterfly Evolution Show comes on. Uh, So, again, um, I do co-host the uh, Butterfly Evolution uh, radio show on Blog Talk Radio, um, and that is uh, with Tammy Gator, who's uh, in Memphis. Uh, We're on... um, Every Monday at 9 uh, p.m. Eastern Time, just go to uh, www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Butterfly Evolution, and you can keep up with all of our episodes. And even if you miss them, uh, you can always listen to the uh, archive shows. We don't uh, delete them. Uh, I'm also an author. Uh, I would encourage you guys to read my books, Tired of Being Black, and From the Heart of a Teacher. You can, uh, you can get them from any book retailer. Um, and I would uh, greatly appreciate um, your support. Um, and you guys can reach uh, out to me on Facebook. Um, I'm just Rodney Jordan. There's there's nothing fancy about my name on uh, Facebook. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Save Teacher, and that's S A V T E A C H E R. You can also follow me on Twitter at Rodney Jordan Four. Awesome, 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 awesome. Well, it has definitely been a pleasure. I thank you for coming on and providing us with so much information. I think a lot of times uh, we don't realize um, how much information we lack 
uh, when it comes to the education system, when it comes to teachers uh, and the parent-teacher relationship. And I think uh, tonight we, we definitely was able to um, give some thought on parents creating those relationships. So hopefully for those listeners out here, if you don't have a relationship with your child teacher, this will encourage you to get one. This will encourage you to get involved and not only get involved when when things are really going rough. You know, go get involved through the whole process. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the main thing that we want to take away um, because we talked about earlier in the show, a lot of times people only get involved when there's, you know, chaos and, and everything going on. So when you're able to get involved from the beginning to the end um, is when people will know that you are a parent or a serious about your child's education. And I'm telling you, schools will also straight, straighten up as well. If they know Miss So-and-so is coming up there on every Thursday at such and such time or whatever, you know, <laughs> people will straighten up and get in order when they know that they're going to be seeing your face on the regular. So make sure you're being seen and make sure you're being heard. So once again, Rodney, thank you so much for coming on here. I definitely hope you'll come back and chat with us again soon. Oh, absolutely. Anytime you, know, you want me to uh, be on your show, just let me know. This this has been great. I don't mind talking about education or anything else you want me to talk about. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So you have a great rest of your evening, and I will be talking with you again soon. Yes, ma'am. It's dinner time now and time for some basketball and time for some football. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you take care. <laughs> and I'll talk with you soon. Yes, ma'am. You too. All right. All right, you guys. That was Rodney Jordan tonight, you guys, giving us some great advice on why parents should be involved in their child's education. And if you're listening to the show or you just stepped in, no worries. The archives will be uh, ready and available to you. And make sure you share this show. You never know uh, what someone will gain uh, from the knowledge that was shared from the show tonight. So I definitely appreciate you all listening to the Beautiful Butterfly Show tonight. Uh, you guys can check us out on Facebook, the Beautiful Butterfly Show page as well. Uh, Twitter, Butterfly Show. Instagram, the Beautiful Butterfly Show. We're just beautiful butterfly everywhere. So connect with us, you guys, and we're going to get ready to get out of here. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend, and I'll see you guys next Tuesday, um, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you guys have a great weekend. I'm Bianca Fly, and I'll talk to you next